Today, our guest is Reem Burrows. For over 20 years, Reem Burrows worked in the pharmaceutical industry and in senior leadership role, leading the developing effective teams and individuals across the area of sales, marketing, and training before launching her own business with Dream Consulting. Reem's authenticity as a leader, her business acumen mindset developed strategy and her dedication to achieving results set the foundation of her work with the individuals and teams, as well as both a small and large corporation in helping them to realize their full potential and achieving greater success. As a highly sought after coach, Reem cultivates the principle, strategies, and fundamental of winning mindset with her mentorship of individuals, teams, and businesses, and especially in, in education, people on how to find their true calling and unleash their complete potential. They fervently believe that beautiful things happen and amazing results unfold when you bring a group of people together and work with them to become the best at what they do. What a beautiful thought. So help me to welcome today Reem Burrows in conversation with Priya. Okay, hello Reem. Welcome to our show, Conversation with Priya. Thank you for joining in and accepting my request. Oh, thank you. So lovely to be here too. Thank you. So let's, um, before we start in our like further conversation, I would like to know a little bit of your background. You know, we've been known for a while in LinkedIn and all, and I know you are very passionate about helping people. Would you like to say something about your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll, maybe I can start with just talk, sharing um, what dream, the why behind dream coaching and, and consulting, what it is that we do. And I'll, I'll explain as to why it is, it's been a passion of mine for many, many, many years. So um, Priya, you know, we, uh, my main focus in dream consulting, coaching and consulting's main focus is on human potential. Yeah. Okay. And if you have a look at like the emotional uh, global report in 2017, it talks around that 85% of people are actually stressed out and don't enjoy what they do. Sure. And so then you start to ask questions around, well, people are waking up day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, not living their true life. Yeah. The life that they could. And we know, and the premise that I've always worked on is that we know that people have been gifted with more talent and ability than they'll ever hope to use in this lifetime. I agree. So I agree. Yeah. Yet, yet we get so bogged down in noise, we get so bogged down with circumstances and what's happening on the outside that we become not happy with what we do and we just wake up every morning hoping for something different, yet we go to this work, to our business, to this, not not really being satisfied. Yeah. On top of that, the same respondents, up to 40% of them actually said that they were either anxious or stressed out mm -hmm. at home or at work. Wow. So the question is, what are we doing? Are we really living a beautiful life yeah. to our fullest potential? Mm. And so my whole corporate career, my whole, I've always been very, very passionate in this area, mm. um, has been around, well, how do I help people to develop to a point where they're using their full potential? Wow. Interesting thought. Full potential, though, not through pain and suffering and stress and anxiety, full potential from embracing change, from understanding their mindset, from understanding just the true power that they have when they start to focus their thoughts on what it is that they want rather than what they don't want. 
Yeah, yeah. See, a lot of people actually come up with this idea, don't want situation, right? And it doesn't matter which community, which gender you belongs to, the problem is same. Yeah, yeah exactly. They know what they don't want. They don't know what they want, actually. Oh, this is it. We have become experts, experts at, and, and we spent all our time in what we don't want. Now, whether it's at an individual level, whether it's at a small business level, team level, or a large corporate level, there's too much time spent on what we don't want. Now, it's really important to recognize the problem. You need to. I mean, even if you have a look at psychology, behavioral psychology and cognitive behavior, when you look at identifying a problem, it's really important that we do look at the problem because people's motivation sort of increases when they express. You don't want to suppress. Yeah. Because suppression just leads to disease, which leads to disease. Right? You want to express it. But then we know that on the graph, on a continuum, that to begin with, when you talk about a problem, you might, might be motivated, but then we slum, right? It becomes very negative and performance with that slums. And this is when you hear people saying, I'm sick of talking about my problems. I'm sick of even thinking about it. I mean, you know, you hear that all the time. I'm sick yeah. of the same thing over and over and over again because we're focusing too much on the problem. Yeah. So what we do is we allow people to vent. You need to identify what the problems are. And then we talk about, okay, so what is it that you actually want? So we go to the end in mind. Yeah. And then just like Project Management 101, work this is for the mind you work from the end in mind and you plan out everything now we do that on a personal development level like this is what I do in a dream consult coaching and consulting at a personal development level we do it at an executive coaching level we do it at a team level and we do it in a strategic sort of business strategic planning level yeah yeah so See, you- I, I was listening the guy this Dandapani he is a long-term business owner and he he talks about concentration and if you are concentrating 24 by 7, you know, what all that negative things are, if you are practicing unfocused behavior, you become good at that, right? You become addicted to it. I'll take it one step further. You become addicted to it yeah. at a subconscious level. So intellectually, we all know this, but at a subconscious level, because all of our behavior is 96 to 98% of our behavior it is at a subconscious level. Yeah. So we're just operating by feeling and then we're intellectualizing it all and giving ourselves the reasons why, making everything logical, right? And so then when it's not around, we try to change it, Hmm. change our habits because it's so embedded in a subconscious and we become addicted to it, we actually miss it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's your point of difference that you actually help them to come out of, you know, their shell yeah, the point of big, the biggest point of difference is this. All this information, as you know, is available. You can go and Google it. You don't need prayer. No one needs you. No one needs me yeah. because of Google, right? You can. Yeah. It's a point of, from from point of like thinking about what it is that you want mm-hmm. to execution with accountability. Yeah. Because what you want to do is ensure, and where the point of difference is that we just ensure that people get results that stick. So, you know, billions upon billions upon billions of dollars are spent a year globally on training and development. Yeah. Do you know what impact it actually has on human behaviour and change within organisations or personal development? hmm Tiny. Tiny. 
because we're not changing at a core level, at the belief level, at the behavioural level. And so what we ensure we do at, at the Dream Coaching and Consulting is we take it from ideation to point of execution and making sure that we replace all bad habits with great habits, processes, systems, operating rhythms, strategic plans, and then obviously the mindset piece because that's the most that's the foundation of it. For sure. For sure. And it's everything, I believe everything starts with your mindset. So that's also, um, you know, brings to my next question. How important is ethics today's workplace? Do you think companies need to focus on more on an ethical growth rather than just profit-based? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> the, the leadership framework that um, I, I work on with Dream is all around the health, heart and head. Okay, so it's a holistic leadership framework and nothing can be at the expense of another. Mm. Now, so we have this belief that in order to make lots of money, lots of profit, you have to be cutthroat. You have to play this game on all of that. You, you don't. I don't believe you do. I believe you can get an enormous amount of profit. I believe you can do exceptionally well by using also the heart, mm. part of the leadership model. So it's three elements, health, the basics needs, the heart, and the mind. Mm. And unless you have a holistic leadership framework, it's just not long-term sustainable. Yeah. And especially in this day and age where everything is so open. You know, you can, again, Google is amazing. You can Google anything, find out anything. You cannot hide anything. People are looking for the connection now. Mm. They're looking for how do we grow sustainably long-term but also doing the right thing by everyone. But it depends on what sort of leadership framework you can. And I do believe that you can do it ethically and you should do it ethically and still reap enormous rewards. Yeah, yeah. And we have noticed in past that a lot of social entrepreneurs are growing very fast and just because they bring that kind of an element in the business, not focusing yeah. just on the profit growth or revenue growth. They, they are going way beyond bringing all that humanity and the sustainability in the business. And also environment friendliness is also another very good thing which corporates are really focusing on that. There are a couple of companies, I believe, working on the CSR part of this, you know, um, the consciousness on social awareness level, social activities, it's bringing a lot of businesses up front in front of the, you know, um, support level. I believe there are a lot of company, country like couple of countries has actually, I believe, implemented this mandate. If you are this successful, you have to invest this percentage of your money to the social cause, you know. I and, think people want to do that too. I think maybe yeah. there is a real awareness around how connected we all are. Yeah. And how short term. So what's happened is that especially with uh, publicly listed companies, you know, we, we're on a three-month cycle. So if the if the it's all about what can we return to the stock market and the shareholders and things like that. So that's where the real problems start. Hmm. In that we're constantly looking at we need to return, return, return. And so therefore we've got very short-term strategies yeah. which are quarterly based. Hmm. Now, imagine if you can just do that you can because that's a that's a reality but also have a framework within an organization that works on the connectedness works on the giving back works on the ethics ethical side and how much more growth you would get yep. from the human resources that you've got because you know a business without its people is just a building it's yeah. just walls how much you would get from that 
if you're looking after their needs, if you're looking after their health, their, their well-being, their development, mm. and then you connect with them from a, a heart space and they give back tenfold. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's why, like, yeah, it's ultimately we are reaching out to the concept human-to-human connections level, which is very, very important. Absolutely. Like, in effective leadership is seen as a key of success. Do you think individuals or groups are better in this regards, like effective leadership? Okay, so do I think it's uh, individuals are better than groups? Uh, there's no yes or no answer to this. <laughs> it's a very, very, very good question because, I mean, leadership starts with self-leadership and then you've got the leadership models. And groups, groups of people and teams are just an accumulation of people. So you always have to start with the self. It doesn't matter who you are. You start, they often say, you know, you... You would need to dedicate your, you should dedicate your life yeah. to your priority being personal development and self-leadership. For sure. But when you do that, the impact that you have on everyone else is enormous. Yeah. When you learn the true art of self-leadership, you have an enormous amount of sort of influence on everyone that come, you come in touch with. Yeah. So imagine now you have that self-leadership model that then you adapt to the entire team. Then you've got all the different sorts of people with all the different types of diversity, all the different experiences, all the different backgrounds, and you bring them together, but they've already got the self-leadership model in place. So that means they're open to growth. They don't have a fixed mindset. That means they're open to entertaining all new ideas without judgment. Yeah. Then you have something which is called quantum leaps. Yeah. Because it's a, there's a coism, it's called like you can't, you have to do it alone, but you can't do it by yourself. Very beautiful saying. Yes. Right, so what does that mean? You actually have to make a decision that self-development is your number one priority. Yeah. Self-leadership. Yeah. And you, have, you want to be open to growth, entertaining new ideas, constantly having a look at other perspectives. Because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 90% of the problems in this world is simply due to the, the inability of people to look at another person's perspective. Seeing everything black or white. I agree. Right, so now imagine if you have a team of people who have a whole range of perspectives and willing to entertain new ideas and how that leadership framework would work in terms mm. of productivity. All of a sudden you've got quantum leaps in an organisation. Yeah. And that's where you, that's the foundation of whole company culture concept. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, when we say you have to do it by yourself, but you can't do it alone, and perception, it's understanding what's happening in the mind. I mean, if you look at a lot of the research, they say that we have up to four hundred million billion bits of information coming at us at any one second, and we only see two thousand of those bits of information. And that two thousand bits of information is based on our belief system our experiences yeah. so at any one time what am I not seeing see what I mean by entertaining new ideas so that's why you need mm-hmm. the team and the diversity yeah and you need people from different experiences who don't agree with you all mm-hmm. the time you need to have the ability to be able to create positive tension yeah 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 and, and in that case like what's in your word are the key attribute for success where do you put failure in the context oh I love that God, you're asking good questions today <laughs> so belief systems and all of that depends on how you define certain things so the question is 
how do you define success and how do you define failure and how do you define discipline, everything like that. So for me, it's the first place to start is how do I define success? And for me, the best definition of success comes actually from Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Success is a progressive realisation of a worthy ideal or a goal. I love it. Right. So, again, success, the progressive realisation of a worthy ideal or a goal. So we are goal-seeking organisms. You're either dying or you're disintegrating. That's the law, right? For sure. So the question now is going to be not, not where am I today, but what is my goal for the future? Hmm. And then understanding that reaching the goal is not actually the goal. It's the yeah. growth that I get from it. That's the goal. Right, because if I'm here today and this is my goal, everything that happens in between, so the ebb and flow, is just a learning journey. Yeah. So that takes us now to the definition of failure. So what is your definition of failure? Yeah. So most people, they base it on circumstances. I won in this, so therefore I'm successful. I didn't win this, so therefore I'm a failure. Hmm. I can do this and I've got a million dollars in the bank account or Paya today, Pia today didn't, didn't, didn't take my offer and so therefore I have failed. So we're basing on circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Rather than looking at failure as, as I think it's Bob Proctor that says this, the first act in learning. Mm. Right, so understanding that failure is, an, is a very, very, very important part of our growth. Yeah. And Anyone who has done anything of any significance has had to experience failure. And I, I see it as a very positive thing. Failure is yeah, good. I, I feel like it doesn't complete the whole journey if you haven't failed. No. So what's your definition of failure? That's the first step you have to ask yourself. And if you're allowing circumstances to define your success or failure, hmm. as a human race, we are doomed. So, if you have, I mean, I, I worked in the pharmaceutical space for over 22 years. Mm-hmm. So if you have a look at, for example, vaccinations, I know it's a, a very heated topic right now, but if you have a look at, we've eradicated polio, eradicated a whole host of different things. Yeah. But that came from a scientist who went, I think I can do this. And then they went through a process of elimination. Hmm. So for them, they go, well, this, this didn't work. Good. Now I can move on to the next. This didn't work. Good. Then I can move on to the next. Yeah. The general public go, oh, I failed in this, so therefore I must be bad. Well, no, it just means that you need to go on to your next step and your next step and your next step. And I think organisations, small business or large businesses, have to adopt this notion of failure is positive. Yeah, I mean, whole scientific approach is based on the, you know, failures after failures. And what is research? research? Research is something that you... For one particular problem, you tried 100 different approach and you failed in 99 and one was the winner. Exactly. So what you do then is you go, what's my long-term vision, my success? And then everything that happens in between is just a learning to get to where you want to get to. Yeah. And I always believe in that, be ready for detour in between whenever you require, you know. And that should not actually create any issue in any psychological issue if we have to detour in between. But the ultimate goal is the final approach, you know. Yeah. So, and that leads on to the whole, this is why we talk about the health, head and heart. 
Yeah. The reason why is because it ultimately leads to this. With failure, what happens, the way that people are defining failure, it's allowing them to define happiness. If I succeed, I'm happy. If I fail, I'm not happy. <laughs> and so, therefore, we're really setting ourselves up to, for, to be anxious, stressed out, mm. um, pressed. Yeah. Every time something doesn't go our way, we define it as happy or not happy. Yeah. So then we have to define what is happiness. Mm. And we have to really go deeply into that. And we cannot, what we can't do is sort of attach our happiness yeah. to the results that we get. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does make sense, of course. So yeah. that brings me to my last question. Is small businesses often more... Uh, face more roadblocks for success. Do you think governments and society needs to do more to support and nurture small firms or in other words, is a small or big good for growth? Yeah, uh, again, a very interesting question. We can go on for quite some time with this one, but let's remember that every large business started as a small business. For sure. Okay, so, you know, it, the foundation of it is that you have to start from very small. You start with the P. The, the challenge for small businesses, and, I, and I, I love working with both small businesses and large businesses. Why do I do that? Because with yeah. small businesses, they've got the ability to be very innovative and creative with no processes, systems, and approvals, and three layers of you know, matrix organizations. And so, therefore, they're able to move much quicker. Yeah. And then with the large organizations, unfortunately, what they've got is great processes, systems, and understand discipline, mm-hmm. right? But it hampers their creativity. So I, I come into both sides and I take a bit of that that's needed here for processes systems and put it and help them establish that mm. so they can get results out of creativity and innovation and then do the same, bring the creativity and innovation to large corporate corporations that are stuck in systems and processes and approval mm. systems. Yeah. What happens with small businesses though is that it's the question is going to be, well, how much do we actually expose ourselves to mm-hmm. development, to learning? Because we get stuck in the doing in small business. Doing, 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 and we never ever look to learn further and we're constantly looking at our results, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for example, government right now has got, especially here in Australia, yeah, and we've got a lot of things that can help small businesses. Now, the question yeah. is, are you tapping into that? Yeah. And how much of it are you tapping into? So a lot of times with small businesses, when I'm working with them and owners, I go, did you know this is available to you for free? Did you know this is available to you for free? And most of the time they said no. I go, yeah. well, let's go and let's go and take advantage of that because there's so much there for you. Yeah. And stop being so caught up in the doing that you're sinking. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a look at large organisations. We go, okay, why don't you have a look at your small, the successful small businesses and bring that creativity and innovation into your big machine, which is really hard to manoeuvre. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in that sense, like what happens with this whole overall approach, I believe we as a consultant and coaches, we should be very careful um, to educating on those, um, consciously doing it, you know, the educating more. Like a lot of people are actually posting a lot of content in social media and claiming that they are educating and, you know, but I'm noticing they should actually value add more by 
providing this kind of information, which is available for free. So there is nothing, something we are creating, but there are a lot of startup businesses. They have no such exposure. It takes them a while. I'm not saying they won't get that information. They will get one day or another. But if sooner, then they will get the success sooner. Right. Absolutely. There is, and there is a lot of support, and it's just a question of digging. And also, I guess it, what it is is that who, as a small business and as a startup, who are your connections and who are you? Because again, you have to do it on your own, but you can't do it alone. Yeah. You have to make a decision that you want to be successful and you want to start an entrepreneurship, but then who are the closest type people to you that you're dealing with? Are you masterminding so they can open up opportunities for you? Where are your connections? Yeah. Hence why, for example, I belong to um, business chambers. Yeah. And I think the same thing for yourself is that we belong to business so we can help connect small, small businesses together so that they can see exactly what's available to them. But yeah. then you can lead a horse to water, but that's all you can do. Then the rest is up to yeah, you, them to take advantage of it. For sure, for sure. That brings to our end. I would like to, you to ask the last question. Would you like to suggest something for the startup businesses, they should where they should start. Any any one, you know, your one cent. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. But the first thing for everyone, for anyone, I would say, start with what do you want? Mm. What is that you truly want? Not what don't you want? And just write it out. Take time out to write what do you want in your business? What, how do you want it? Now, without putting limitations on yourself. Yeah. Because this is for free. Yeah, go wild. <laughs> go wild. Then you say, who can help me understand where I can attain that? Mm. And reach out to people. Yeah. A lot of it, it's a lot of times we think that we've got to do everything to ourselves. Look, people love giving. People love connecting. Yeah. I truly believe that the vast majority of us love to help others as we would like to be helped. So yeah. just reach out. Yeah. The last one is don't be scared of investing. This is one of the biggest things, you know, because when when you start your business, if you're scared of investing, and I see this all the time, how are you going to expect people to invest back into you? Why would you expect people to buy from you if you can't buy from others? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's lesson 101. Yeah. So it's three things that I gave you, but anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was, I'm sure the audience are going to get a lot of benefit out of our conversation. And it was really beautiful talking to you. And I, I'm really glad that we did this session together. Um, thank you so much for joining in. All your details will be given. You are very active in uh, LinkedIn, as I know. So people can find you on LinkedIn and other social media platform as well. So all the details, including your website details, will be given in our description. And people should go and check on you. And audience, so don't forget to like, subscribe, and share us. But thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. It was lovely to be here too. Thank you for having me. Thank you.